This is Go Forth, a podcast about entrepreneurship and connection made by a sisterhood of creative women. I'm Amanda. And I'm Amelia. And we're from Forth, Chicago. Today we're talking with Kelly Allison. Kelly is the founder, photographer, and creative force behind Kelly Allison Photography. She and her team are passionate about telling the story of food and making sure that the spirit of the meal in front of the camera and the people behind it shine through. In 2012, she founded Fourth Chicago with Lisa Gio and Julie Schumacher to build a community of creative women entrepreneurs here in the Windy City. Thank you so much for joining us today, Kelly. How are you? I'm well. Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Um, let's start with a question I've always wanted to ask you, which is, what's a couple days in the life of Kelly Allison photography like? That's a very good question. Um, part of the reason that I love this job is that every day is 100% different. Mm -hmm. Um, I do a lot of work with ad agencies, um, mostly food. My favorite is to do food and lifestyle together because I feel like that is the ultimate, the ultimate story. You know, it's, it's togetherness, it's humanity, it's food, it is, you know, enjoyment. It's just like, you know, memory making. Mm -hmm. And of course it's staged, but every single thing I shoot is shot with a passion that is authentic. So even these staged moments, we still mm -hmm. achieve this really great authentic energy because, you know, that's, that's what we're after. And that's really what what we're hoping to elicit through whatever shot. So so I do a lot of food. I do a lot of food and lifestyle. Some some just lifestyle sans food as well. Mm -hmm. um, but I really love shooting in a manner that is um, vibrant, both in energy and in color. Um, I really enjoy creating a vibe. And I'm I am not a very feminine woman, but I know that what I produce has an air of femininity about it. Not like pink tutus and you know mm -hmm. even though I already said ponies and glitter and unicorns <laughs> I really like glitter and unicorns <laughs> anyway <laughs> um but I I know that there is a, a femininity that is not even gendered specifically but just there's a, a softness a, a nurturing a welcoming a light in the imagery that I produce that feels a lot more feminine than other images perhaps that are on the market mm -hmm. um and I have a purchasing problem. I, I am a collector of things. Um, but so we also have a prop studio that I um, sort of oversee. Actually, it's it's brand new. We're just getting started opening. Janelle of Refined Joy is going to kind of manage it for me. But mm -hmm. so that's a kind of a different nuance of the industry. But, you know, also very tied to the photographic element of it. So my job involves a lot of um, interpersonal relationships. Obviously, it involves taking pictures. It involves a lot of uh, creative implementation and and energy creation and exertion and collaborating. Um, communication is huge. Mm -hmm. Listening and being willing to throw out ideas, I think, are both really important. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Every day is different. So. What came first, the photography or the food? Oh, my God. That's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> I think photography came first. I've been shooting for a really long time, and I've always been really inspired by um, the idea of preserving a moment. Like, life is just so fleeting and so fast, and the idea that 
you can pause it even, you know, just for a fraction. And of course it's, you know, just a, a fraction too of the impact and the moment itself, but just being able to capture for, for future, for memory, for posterity, being able to sort of freeze time is really special. So I think photography first, um, food, I've always been inspired by food and I've always been, um, community has been a really important part of my life and food as a part of a community driver has been an important part of my life. And I think even just being a woman growing up in middle-class America, food is a blessing and a curse. It is a pleasure and a vice and it is poison and life-giving, um, both for body and for earth. Um, and so I think, you know, being able to, I've always been a fan of big dinner parties. So the last week of school, all through college, I would spend probably three days and a ridiculous amount of money making food. And I would have a huge, my family is Arabic and I would have a huge feast after exams were over just for my friends. It was like a hundred people. And it was just, it was awesome. It was so magical. It was just a, you know, a, a simple, a simple offering of love and a gesture of community and, you know, facilitating community and also participating in community. And I don't know, it's just always been so important to me. So it's hard to say which came first because they both played such important roles in my young adulthood. But thinking about a profession, for sure, photography came before food. Mm-hmm. How, what was that food and photography space like when you were first stepping into it? How did that feel? It, I don't know. It just felt really natural. I don't, I never had studied food photography. I had never really, um, I mean, you know, I, I started shooting in the age of Pinterest or at the very beginning of Pinterest. And so it was already becoming very prevalent. Mm-hmm. But not even so much because it was... So I started this business like five years ago. So that's the beginning of Instagram. Mm-hmm. Pinterest was still like an invite-only kind of a thing. You know, half, yeah. half of the people that... Most people didn't even know about it yet. So I don't, I don't know where it came from. Inside, I guess. And it felt really good. It felt, it felt really natural. Mm-hmm. Making things that should be beautiful. Giving them that beautiful space. Yeah sort of reclaiming food to be something that is wonderful, beautiful for women. And then, you know, having having an environment that is very female-focused and very um, women-supported and driven by women, and that we shoot so much food, just wanting it to be something that is, you know, empowering and joy-giving and nourishing and and trying to reclaim it, you know. Diminish the dysfunction. Was there an early job where you felt like these ideas all started to come together? Yeah, you know, I, um, I know I have worked my ass off to make this work, but I also feel like I have been given just remarkable opportunities from the universe, being in the right place at the right time, meeting the right people, being given relationships with such generous people who've just gone above and beyond to help me succeed. So, I mean, I feel like 
so much of my current situation is from the support and involvement and investment that other women have given to me in the industry. Um, I first started shooting, you know, when I first started, I was doing a lot of um, private commissions, you know, families, babies, weddings, kinds of things, which is fine. It was, it was a really good way to start. Um, but I really wanted to be in the commercial world primarily because I am such a collaborative worker. I don't like to be the only creative on the scene. I want to work in a team of, you know, minds coming together to create something as a as a, co- a collaboration, as a, uh, you know, a team project. And when you're working on private commissions, it's really you making the calls and deciding what is going to be captured when and how it's going to look at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So that was a big part of it. The other piece is just that I didn't want to work weekends. I wanted to work, you know, Monday through Friday and mm-hmm. have a normal business life and and so I mean among among other things but so I really wanted to get into the commercial world and my my entree came from a woman who has just been magical on so many levels I was at um, an event with uh, art buyers who are essentially like the art producers people at agencies that decide you know what photographers are going to get hired for what jobs or whatever Mm -hmm. And um, it was just a panel discussion, but I went. There's one woman that I just really felt a connection to, and I went up to her afterwards, and I was like, just wanted to say thank you so much for sharing your time and your voice and your perspective. It was really inspiring and just helpful because I also, you know, going into these kinds of things, it's like I don't know the first thing about it. I'm not in this industry. I don't know how to create a portfolio. I don't know what they're going to expect to see. I don't know how I should talk about my work. And I mean, there's just it's so overwhelming. And so I was just really inspired by her. And she was like, well, what's your name? And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm Kelly, Kelly Allison. She's like, well, what do you shoot? And I was like, oh, my goodness, I'm so sorry. I shoot food mostly. I also do some lifestyle. She's like, well, where's your business card? And I was like, oh, my God. Uh, Okay, here. And she's like, call me tomorrow. Like, what? That's crazy. Okay, like on the phone? I'll call you. Okay. (laughs) And so the next day I called her. um, Her name's Karen. Uh, the next day I called her and she was like, where have you been? How do I not know your name? Your work is great. I have a job for you. And I was like, what? I mean, like, this doesn't happen. It's weird. It's crazy. And so I started working for her. Um, and she gave me an account that was monthly work. And it was super low budget. She, you know, I mean, I started totally at the bottom of the ladder. And, you know, it was it was definitely low budget job. But it enabled me to experiment and explore. It enabled me to you know, really start honing in and identifying my voice and what I wanted to communicate and how. And, um, and it was a little tiny bit of monthly income that was, you know, helped me just to kind of keep the pieces together. Mm -hmm. And from there, she just introduced me to so many people. She, um, she really was the center spoke of a wheel that really initiated my career. And I feel like I owe her pretty much everything. (laughs) (laughs) But so that was kind of, you know, the beginning. And just to be handed that. Now, granted, I was there. I, you know, got up enough chutzpah or whatever to go and introduce myself. Mm -hmm. I took her up on it and called her the next day. But she handed to me just a huge gift. Mm -hmm. It just believing in me. She took a chance on me. No one had done that before. And she was willing to be like, well, you know, I can see she's got talent. I'm going to try. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. But I feel I feel really lucky. 
Amelia here. When we were thinking about a theme for Kelly's episode, Shine came to mind for three reasons. First, because she's a photographer, so her work involves light. Second, because her personality shines through her work and her interactions in every occasion. And third, because Kelly works so hard to promote women in her industry and make sure that they shine as well. On this last note, I begin to think about the writings of a woman named Anne Friedman and her work on shine theory. In an essay called Shine Theory, Why Powerful Women Make the Greatest Friends, Anne Friedman talks about the relationship between Kelly Rowland and Beyonce after Destiny's Child. She discusses where Kelly Rowland admits she's jealous of Beyonce's success, and she talks about the frustration of watching one of your peers go so far beyond where you thought you were going together. In the essay, Anne Friedman says, Here's my solution. When you meet a woman who is intimidatingly witty, stylish, beautiful, and professionally accomplished, befriend her. Surrounding yourself with the best people doesn't make you look worse by comparison. It makes you better. She ends the essay by saying, If Kelly Rowland can come around to the idea that she shines more, not less, because of her proximity to Beyonce, there's hope for the rest of us. Now let's hear more from Kelly. So starting kind of from that place of just like feeling like you don't know what you're doing or you're very overwhelmed and then building that, you know, over the course of five years into a very successful business. Um, What advice would you offer to someone who is in that overwhelmed just starting position now? Right, right. Um, I think you cannot overestimate the power of just asking for help or for answers or for suggestions or anything. I mean, just, you know, if you, if you reach out to people, it's interesting because anytime somebody reaches out to me, I I know that I want to help and it feels, you know, it's a nice little ego stroke because I think I've got information and it's fun to share information. And of course it doesn't always happen that way. Sometimes you reach out and people are like, I'm too busy. I can't do it. Or just flat out. No, but most people, when you ask for help will help. You know, and I think mm-hmm. that that's, that really, it's, it takes humility, but it also takes some bravery and it, it takes some, you know, some willingness to walk away knowing that you've just been denied or declined or whatever. But I think that that's a really big piece of it. And the other, the other piece that I think is incredibly invaluable is just being nice. Like the world is full of assholes and we don't need any more. And the world is full of, um, you know, competition and the world is full of a sense of entitlement and so just like there's nothing wrong with taking crappy jobs to get experience and there's nothing wrong with you know showing some humility and being like I don't know the answer so I'm gonna you know either figure it out or ask for help and and I really do think that part of the reason that I have probably a huge reason that I've been able to maintain and grow relationships that I have that have enabled me to succeed is just being amicable and authentic, authentically so. I think people are drawn to people who are good to be with. And I'm drawn to people that are good to, good to be with. And I want I want to create an environment and, a, and an aesthetic and a 
chemistry in these four walls that just feels welcoming and nurturing to everybody. Like that to me is the ultimate that I want people to know the minute they walk in the door, they're welcome, they're loved. Yeah. It's going to be a party, you know? So I think, I think those two things, asking, asking questions, whether it's, you know, how do I do or what do I do or suggestions or advice or critiques and then being really intentional about being nice. Yeah. It's so lovely and simple. Yeah, but also really but hard, hard and complicated. Yeah. I mean, there's a, you know, both in both of those things, you have to be willing to show your cards and that's scary. Mm-hmm. It's really scary because it could totally come back to bite you. You know, I've had plenty of people where I'm either asking the questions of how or why or I'm being nice and it comes back like I, I don't look like I know what I'm doing. I don't look capable because I'm asking questions. Who does that? And I'm, you know, I mean, like I'm I'm giving of myself and who does that? You know, so there there is definitely some risk yeah, and some vulnerability required. But for my style and for what I want to build and for what I value... I think that those two things have really enabled me to carve out the brand that I want, that I'm inspired by. Yeah, and I think it inspires other people. I hope so. I hope so. That's the goal. Yeah. And I I mean, I think I am a perennial optimist for sure, and I recognize that. My world is always ponies and unicorns and balloons and sprinkles. And it's not. I mean, I, I, there are very, there, there are dark places too, but I feel like I, in order for me to succeed and to be able to survive my days, I have to be surrounded by a presence of happiness and joy. I need it. I need it. I need it. And I, I think other people need it too. So one of the things that you've talked about here and that I've seen you do since knowing you is worked, you worked so hard to bring women into your business and your industry Mm -hmm. and make space for and nurture them Mm -hmm. like you've been talking about. Can you talk a little bit about some of the ways that concrete ways that you try to do that? Yeah, for sure. So I am, um, I'm, I'm very dedicated to an all women crew. It's, it's not always easy. There are definitely some elements and aspects that are far less populated by women in the industry even now. And so it's often harder to find talented women to fill each specific role. It's frustrating. It, it feels like it shouldn't be an issue anymore, but it is still an issue. And part of the, mm-hmm. part of the thing I think too, is that, um, well, for instance, areas that we have trouble f- fitting, um, finding roles are like the digital tech, which is the person that runs the computer throughout the shoot. It's a very digital job. And so mm-hmm. it tends to be men who are well-trained in it. You know, I, obviously I have to have a certain caliber. I have to have a talent and I am 100% open to training, helping to develop, you know, creating, um, creating an environment that is, that is also nurturing and developing. But when it's, when it comes to shoot days, I have to have a, you know, a crew that is solid and Mm -hmm. Talented, but fourth has been awesome in, in um, trying to connect with new people and finding people to help fill those roles. Um, I also really want it to be a, a community of not just white women, you know, that t- trying to find women of color who are photo assistants or who are digital techs or who are um, food stylists. Um, I have a number of really amazing women who are hair and makeup artists 
but beyond that, it's really hard to find women of color who are in the industry. Um, so it's just, you know, it, it requires more upfront work, but the result is so rewarding. Like it's, it's a total no brainer. Mm-hmm. It, it's amazing when clients come in and they're like, actually, I just, we did a shoot a, a couple of months ago with a woman who's been in the industry for probably 20 years. She's a, a producer and she's like, I have never been on set ever where it's an all woman crew in 20 years of advertising. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's weird. Yeah. That's weird. And people still look at me funny. They're like, why, why do you do this? You know? And I'm, I'm not shy about it. I, you know, I talk about it openly and people are like, you need to be hiring the right person. And I'm like, Yes, that's exactly true. And so if it means I have to dig deeper to find the right person who also happens to identify as a woman, mm-hmm. I'm going to do that because it matters to me. Um, having, and it's not just about, you know, having as much estrogen in the room as possible. That's not, that's not it. A, it's, it's about balancing the workforce for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do have to say that it really is, it, it tends to be more women driven. But it really is just a, a non-white male environment that I want to create. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's like I'm not trying to be, it's not about being political. It's not about causing trouble. It's not about, you know, raising a flag. It's really more about balancing the industry because it is still completely imbalanced. Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond that, I feel like just in society as a whole it is so hard to find for me at least it has been hard to find communities of women where it really is truly an environment where we are together there is enough for all of us we are supportive we care it's not you know there's I feel like I grew up with this 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 Disney princess scarcity mentality where women are the enemy you know if you're my sister you're a stepsister and you're evil. And if you're my mother, then you're a witch. And if you're, or you're dead, you know, um, and if you're, you know, I mean like there's this, there's this over, overly emphasized importance placed on beauty and youth and the singularity of the prize. And even beyond that, like, I feel like there's a, there is a, um, a tendency in any industry, especially in industry of freelance creatives that, there is a, an apprehension about contributing to the next generation that's going to end up taking your job. You know, mm-hmm. there's a, there's a pressure there. Like, why would I want to train more photographers? Because they're going to come in and, you know, it's not an unlimited supply of jobs. And I hate that message. It makes me so sad. Mm-hmm. And so what I want is a community of powerful individuals who are in it for each other. We, and that's, I mean, you know, obviously we have issues, we deal with stuff and, you know, we have, we have a broad community of women that we pull from because for every job we need a different crew and people are available or not available, but we work really hard to develop the chemistry that's happening in this room so that when people are here, it's, it's just really, it's uplifting, it's rewarding at the end of the day, even if it's been a hard day, at the end of the day, we know that every person in here has each other's back. And that matters. Yeah. A lot. It, it really makes a difference. Go Forth is a project of Forth Chicago, a community focused on connecting creative, entrepreneurial women through seasonal events, panels, workshops, and more. Find show notes for this episode at forthchicago.com slash podcast. And be sure to subscribe in iTunes to receive each interview as it's released. 
thanks to Chicago band Tiny Fireflies for the music, and until next time, find us on Facebook and Instagram at 4th Chicago.